Hi, everybody. Stuart Gandalf here, uh, another podcast. Today, I'm featuring my new friend, Chrissy Daniels. Uh, she's a partner at Press Ganey. Welcome, Chrissy. Wonderful to be here. Today, I'd like to ask you, first, we're going to talk a lot about um, a white paper you recently put together. But first, uh, can you give our listeners a quick overview of your background and what you're doing these days at Press Ganey? I uh, am a partner at Press Ganey, and I lead uh, Press Ganey's medical practice transparency and consumerism solutions. Uh, I joined Prescani after a long career in academic medicine, working with lots of physicians to improve practice. And um, I'm excited to work with many, many more practices now. I read your white paper. It was quite impressive. I tell uh, people about your white paper, I guess, and some of the statistics you drew, but we're going to go into much more detail in a moment. But just what was the essentially uh, was your most recent study about? Our most recent study was really trying to understand more deeply about patient consumer behavior and how patients are looking for and finding doctors. We've been studying that for a long time in healthcare and healthcare marketing. And the question was, has anything changed? And uh, what we were able to find is that a lot of the digital engagement strategies that health organizations are putting out there are successful. Of course, we've got a link on the web page. The title, just for the sake of people who are listening only, is Consumerism, the Role of Patient Experience in Brand Management and Patient Acquisition. And, you know, I read through this. You guys published it right around Christmas time, so it was a busy time of year, but I did read it. And what really caught my eye predominantly was uh, one of the data points was very much about stuff I've been talking about for years, which is the concept that patients, even when referred by a doctor for something serious, go online and check out the doctor, the specialist, before um, going in. So talk about, let's talk about that a little bit. What did you find there? Well, that behavior is, was, that was probably the, the most shocking finding for me in this study. Three, four years ago, uh, when we looked at what other um, industry studies were telling us, we would see um, maybe 60 to 65% of patients would be uh, researching doctors online, particularly uh, researching the patient reviews of others who had seen that doctor. And this most recent study showed that not over 90% of Americans, this was a national study of, of medical decision makers, were um, re- are now researching uh, physicians online. In fact, they're more likely to research their physician online than talk to their friends or family. So that's two issues there. But I think the first thing is, it used to be the patients, you know, just sort of followed what the doctor said, right? The doctor was at the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. And now we see that even with a strong referral, they're doing their own due diligence. So how, yeah. why does that happen? What do you think is the, the impetus behind the change there? That's a, that's a monumental shift. I think the impetus really is in the, the accessibility of um, specific information. In the past, uh, all of us who were looking for a doctor really didn't have access to comparison points. We had to rely on the experience of our primary care physicians in understanding how well patients under the care of specialists had done. But today, it's a much different circumstance. And uh, there is a lot more information available, and particularly patients are very interested in the experience of other patients. 
that information is increasingly available. When we talked offline before, you were, had mentioned the fact that patients feel empowered and capable of mm-hmm. making decisions. Can you expand upon yeah. that? That's a capability that's really emerged over the last probably two to three years. And, and I think uh, patients do have a, a healthy dose of skepticism, as they do with all kinds of consumer reviews. And so what has really increased their confidence and their likelihood to use this information is their own experience navigating consumer reviews, not just for doctors, but for almost every buying decision that they make. We have become expert in navigating the wisdom of the crowds to find those data points and those uh, value points that best meet our needs. So it's not that we're so confident in what other patients say in their reviews. We're incredibly confident in our own ability to find the best match for what we're looking for. And it's because we do it so routinely with almost every purchase that we make. So that's another key point. It's funny, I've, I've been teaching this stuff in our seminars for years, although the stats I love because they not only vindicate what I've been talking about for a long time, but show the pendulum has swung so far. But, you know, I often remark, you know, I remember one day I was looking at Best Buy, uh, looking for a pair of running headphones, price point less than 100 bucks, And I, of course, bring out my phone and start reviewing them. <laughs> And I thought, you know, it just makes sense that if I'm willing to take the time to do that for, you know, a relatively inexpensive item, if I'm talking about surgery, where it's going to cost thousands (laughs) and I could die, don't you think I'd take a little bit of research, right? You're absolutely on target, Stuart. An interesting conversation I had with the chief medical officer of a regional health system in the Northwest, he had a, a cancer diagnosis and had to make the decision about where to receive care. And he told me that he said to his wife, I think that next to marrying you, this is the most important decision I'm going to make in my life. The level of um, outcomes and and the level of anguish associated with this decision really does elevate it in the minds of, of consumers. The other thing that was interesting is the comment or the concept of, you know, like people are used to this. So my wife does, is like classic roles in a household, does most of the decision making, right? So I'm like mm-hmm. off something else and she's figuring out healthcare and all the millions of little things that she's, she says, honey, I don't bother with this stuff. But the, um, you know, so she's on Amazon all day, like for different things, like all these different things we have to buy. And so um, not only has she gotten really used to Amazon Prime, but, you know, star ratings are a vital part of it. So, it's again, it's just a, it's a behavior that's been learned, right? And as she's gotten better and better, her confidence has exceeded. And I think also, you know, we talk a lot about, um, you know, pay, a lot of uh, providers or people with good insurance. And, you know, they're more, tend maybe more upscale and educated. And those people tend to look at healthcare providers as part of their team. They're not part of somebody mm-hmm. else's. I say that at some point we're going to have to rename the patients because they're no longer interested in, in being patient while we treat them. They are looking for advisors and partners. And the good news is, is that change in that relationship in no way diminishes the value they have for the expertise. It's just the way that expertise is delivered needs to respond to their priorities. We talked about friends and family, and you saw similar results there, and they were looking online over friends and family. Mm-hmm. I think uh, an important question for all of us to ask ourselves in healthcare, especially those of us who've been in healthcare for a while, is 
uh, I often start out my, my talks with groups saying, where do you think patients come from? And I have to say that many of our long-held uh, beliefs are being challenged by this consumer revolution. You know, the first step was that they come from primary care providers. Well, certainly primary care providers inform uh, patients about choice and they're trusted collaborators, but now consumers are doing it themselves. We used to say word of mouth from friends and family. Well, the through social media, um, people are not limited to their friends and family to get information about a condition. And, and as you pointed in early, out in an earlier conversation, Stuart, some healthcare uh, decisions aren't ones that we want to review with family and friends. <laughs> we might want the main, we might not want to bring this up at the dinner table. And so we can get, seek information without disclosing things that we're trying to keep private. And lastly, I can do it at any time on my convenience, on demand. I don't have to make a phone call. I don't have to. Uh, wait until we see each other at coffee, I can get information from people who have the same condition I have about the experience they had with the provider, and it really brings comfort and confidence to choice. What did you find in your survey, or did you find a difference in the behavior regarding checking out the website versus checking out an independent rating site? Do consumers do one or the other or both? I think they do both, but I will tell you, uh, search engine optimization is king. Once again, you know, I've been in healthcare for quite some time and, you know, all of our best thinking early on would be that patients would find doctors through system uh, patient portals. They would come to a system homepage and they would look for a doctor there. That is not what we're seeing. I think at this point, and it wasn't in my study, but in another study that came out of industry in the last few um, months, said that 85% of search happens through a search engine. SEO is king. So uh, they're going to check probably uh, like they do maybe a little bit more than when they do other searches, but they're going to go to the first four or five sites. And this is really where the star ratings are helpful because it can bring the system webpage to the top when you are bringing a lot of relevant content to the site. Um, The idea that uh, transparency is providing a continuous stream of consumer-relevant information to your website, creates this virtuous cycle of search engine optimization. You're no longer paying for premium placement. You're bringing the actual information that consumers want and making it easier for them to find. And it's funny, the star ratings help your SEO as well as the credibility on the page. As I was telling you offline, I'm working for, I just finished a marketing plan for a client where that exact issue was a big part of it. The search engine optimization, the star ratings, the consumer experience on the page, uh, what we call it conversion rate optimization in the business. Again, things are different. I should mention, back in the day when I first started this company 12 years ago, it was right about when the directory sites were taking off. And so everybody thought the directories would be everything that had to go through a directory. But if you look at it from Google's point of view, why would you reward somebody else? First of all, make it harder for the patient. It's an extra step, right? You have to go through the directory, then find Right. The and secondly, you know, Google control the front page. So the directory, right. so we used to hear a lot from directory uh, calling us, trying to do business with us, but it was obvious their model was failing. And there's still directory sites out there, don't get me wrong, there's some successful ones, but there's a lot less than there used to be because of that. Google just sends yeah. it to the um, provider, for sure. 
Um, tell us about uh, uh, just a quick brief synopsis of the impact of both positive and negative reviews. What we know is, again, consumer behavior is driving this work. People read all the comments. And, and I know this because we've watched their behavior. I, I worked in a health system that's been transparent, uh, University of Utah since 2012. We were able to actually observe through focused research, but also in the Google Analytics, that they're on the page reading everything. But what we know is that they seek out the negative comments first. And the reason they do that is they know the difference between advertising and transparency. And when they don't see a variety of feedback, they question the veracity of the feedback. So they're looking for the negative comments, but interestingly, although they read them, they immediately go into a rubric of evaluation. The first point is, what's the worst experience anyone's had in this particular practice? The second point is, how often did that negative experience happen? Is there a pattern? If there isn't a pattern, then they tend to uh, discount the negative feedback. Uh, the, the third thing they look at is, can I tell from anything else in the comments about the value system of this patient? Is this person like me? Do they value the things I value? And then they go on to do further research. What we know is once they've gone through this gateway of getting feedback from other patients, they go on to the webpage and they read almost all the content that's provided. So we really encourage doctors to start putting a lot more consumer-facing content on their profile. We talked before about some of the content. What, what were some of the content research has shown that people find valuable? We know that uh, patients are interested in convenience. We think it's important for providers to um, let patients know anything they've done to make it easy for them. Do they make it easy for them to communicate through a portal? Do they make it easy for them to refill their prescriptions through um, electronic refill? Do they make it easy to schedule through electronic scheduling? We know patients are interested in the team. They would like to know how doctors work with the other team members. Sometimes those are their partners and they work to provide coverage on nights and weekends. Sometimes the team is a, is a pharmacist or nurse or medical assistant. Um, they want to know how well that team works together, and that's because they know a lot of the pain points in healthcare are, happen in handoffs. Lastly, I come from an academic medical center, and so I'm always thinking about uh, the unasked questions about the role of trainees in healthcare. So people know about residents and fellows, but they don't often understand what value those trainees can bring to their care and also whether they have a choice to include the trainee in care or not. And so those are three of the big ones that we just ask providers to put more of your voice out there. Patients would like to hear from you, but if all you're sharing is where you did your residency, they're not getting a lot of insight. Did you find, I, I don't think you mentioned video, did you find any correlation about video specifically either in this particular study or someplace else? We, we, I have not done a study on that, but I can tell you that video is, a, is really helpful because you get clean analytics on video and those analytics give you a lot of insight. We know that micro video, so I'm thinking of something that's three minutes or less, 
generally, there's a lot of interest in watching the doctor talk about their practice. And you, if you can keep it to three minutes or less, which doesn't mean you can't put more than one video, but keeping them um, really bundled tightly, um, you'll see that at most patients will actually sit and watch the whole video. If you come from healthcare, you know, in the time before uh, the internet, if you could imagine that a doctor could think that someone would watch a three-minute advertisement about them talking about their practice uh, and how thrilled they would be, this is now your opportunity. You know, it's funny. We talk about, I think it's too that subjective uh, in our experience because we really recommend having uh, doctor videos on the site because it gives that subjective, all those questions they can't, don't really know how to ask. And people still believe they can tell if they can trust somebody based on what they look like, what they talk like. Uh, understand their philosophy of care. So certainly credentials matter, but all that human stuff matters a lot. And uh, video is really good at that. I think it really can promote trust in the choice of the provider. I think it almost becomes a win-win. That if yep. I feel better about my choice of a doctor, I'm likely to be more compliant. I'm likely to have more confidence in their advice. I'm going to feel a lot better about it. So what surprised you about the research? Uh, was it the main thing that we um, talked about, I think, was um, the uh, fact that people are going to websites over doctors, referral. Anything else that surprised you? Uh, it surprised me. Um, one thing we asked is, is again, uh, I come from a, a long career in healthcare, and how complementary patients perceive patient experience and brand. And so part of what we asked patients is, is really understanding uh, where personal experiences come into influencing loyalty in the system. And, and we saw that it's increasingly influential. And so one thing that was surprising to me is, is hopefully to see more collaboration between um, marketing executives and experience executives in understanding where the brand assets are in an organization and the brand liabilities and how they work together to overcome those. One last comment on my part. Um, the, uh, it's, it was great when I found out you're from University of Utah Health because I remember when Dennis Jolly and Chris Nelson were on the same program back then when they were just first introducing the patient ratings. And I remember a couple of points that came from that. This is putting patient ratings on the website. And as I predicted back then, I still remember that certainly not everybody was a fan. And, um, you know, I used to, again, I used to get interviewed a lot by when the ratings first came out. And I used to say, well, I know that you're not, you don't like it and you're not a pizza shop, but just remember patients love ratings and so does Google. But I think that, you know, when you have these kinds of things that we're talking about today, then even as it was in 2012, it's like having executive leadership in the hospital or practice is crucial. That really gets into this and wins people over. But uh, the things that I think was really exciting to me was that care improves, at least according to, you were a part of that, right? So yeah, care I think care can improve. And I think uh, for a lot of uh, physicians and practice leaders, they think of this as a ratings game. What I'd encourage them to think of it more as is a compatibility test. This is where patients find doctors that they can love. And it makes it easier to be a doctor because patients come predisposed to trust and have confidence in you. But it also um, uh, makes uh, doctors more successful. It's not the punitive judgmental cycle that so many people expect. 
it really is uh, more of a love match. Last question, tell people how to reach you if they'd like to talk more to Prescani about some of the oh. consulting and speaking and other engagement oh. things that you have. Oh, absolutely. Um, you can reach me at uh, Chrissy, C-H-R-I-S-S-Y dot Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L-S at Prescani.com. It's fun talking to you, Chrissy. I feel like we're uh, soulmates in this uh, yeah. <laughs> crazy world that we have that we have to go through every day. So uh, it was great input. Thank you for joining my yeah. program. All right. Thank okay. you, Stuart.